Hey, I want to continue a message that we started last, uh, last Sunday on the favor of God. If you remember, if you were with us two weeks ago, Brother Gary Sapp was with us and he, he preached a, a missions message and he talked about the favor of God. And he made a few statements about the favor of God and that's probably where I'm going to pick up just as a little reminder because we're kind of right in the middle of a message. Now, if you weren't with us two weeks ago or you weren't with us last week, that's okay. You can certainly get a whole lot out of this message today. But there's a few principles, a few statements that we made last week that Brother Gary made the week before that that just talk about the favor of God and I just want to let that let that be kind of the baseline where we, where we begin today. So three statements about the favor of God, and then we're going to turn to Genesis chapter number 40, and we're going to pick up where we were in the life of Joseph, okay? But three, sto- three statements on the favor of God. Number one, God's favor can increase and decrease based upon how we live and how we give, okay? You can do things that increase the favor of God over your life. I think every one of us in here want the favor of God. You notice that when I prayed over Amber, I mentioned the favor of God. Yesterday, I had the privilege of doing a wedding, and, and it was really nice that my suit actually fit. Thank you, Miss Chantel, for getting me to lose a few pounds, okay? Uh, I had, uh, by the way, Jamie Houghton, he was like, whoa, you do own a suit. Okay? I said, yeah, this is a wedding. For those of you that are visitors to our church, you're like, you don't look like a preacher. Well, thanks for the compliment, okay? Um, I only wear suits for weddings and funerals, okay? I'll wear a coat for a baby dedication. So if you're going to get a baby dedicated, I'll look a little nicer, okay? But for the most part, I just like to be comfortable. But, but, but I mentioned over that couple the favor of God. I think we all want the favor of God. Man, look, if they're going to start passing out raises at work, don't you want the favor of God and you want to be found in that number? Okay? You know, um, uh, wouldn't it be nice for the favor of God to keep the flu from visiting your household? Okay? We all want those things. We want the favor of God. But you can do things that increase or decrease the favor of God upon your life. You know, you might have heard me a little earlier when I was praying that blessings follow obedience. Favor of God. The favor of God is a blessing from God. And when we're obedient to Him, the favor of God increases in our lives. But it can increase and decrease based upon how we live and then also how we give. Secondly, one day of God's favor trumps a thousand days of your labor. Good friend of mine, Pastor Shane Warren in West Monroe, made that statement. One day of God's favor can trump a thousand days of your labor. Basically, what that's saying is God can do more for you in a moment than you can do for yourself in a lifetime. A moment of God's grace, a moment of God's favor. You know what, guys? Before I came to faith, I tried to clean my life up. Okay, I tried to, Miss Chantel got into my life and she started saying, boy, there's a few things need to change. Okay, she, she changed the way I dressed, okay, because Blaine, you'll get a kick out of this. In high school, I just wore athletic t-shirts, okay, and I'd roll the sleeves up to here, okay. Hayden, don't you wish I, that was back in, okay. I used to have guns bigger than yours, okay, kid. I mean, I, I, Miss Chantel knew what she would see when I'd walk into that school. I'd have, I had my pants rolled up. Some of you understand that, some of you don't. Okay, tight roll. Thank you. Let me get it right. Okay, had my little pants tight rolled. Everybody knows I'm in my 40s now. Okay, and I had my little sleeves rolled up too. And I don't know if it was a, sometimes it was a football shirt. Sometimes it was a wrestling shirt. It was just all those shirts that they give athletes. Okay, that's what I wore. And then when she began dating me, all of a sudden she said, 
you got to look a little better than that. Okay, also, did I mention she changed my hairdo, Seth? I used to have a great hairdo. There was a football player by the name of Brian Bosworth. Anybody ever heard of him? He had some crazy hair, Brother Rick. He had like a blonde mohawk with a tail. I had one of those too. And I thought it was so cool. But guess who didn't? She didn't, okay? And in my senior yearbook, by the way, I, I, y'all need to take a look at it because you let me see yours, okay? But, but in my senior yearbook, Sister Eloise, there's a little tail right there, a little piece of hair like that. What that was is my tail, okay? Boys, I'm so glad y'all don't have bad hair taste like that, okay? But here's the deal. Chantel said, there's some things that need to change. Well, guess what? She didn't just stop there. She got me to go to church. Man, a good woman can do some good things in your life, huh? She got me going to church, started doing a lot of things. But guess what? None of that really, really changed my life. It wasn't until I had a moment, an experience with Jesus Christ. See, in a moment, God can change everything. In a moment, God can turn everything around. Some of you need to hear that today. Some of you, as Chantel said, are hanging on by a thread. Some of you are struggling today. But one moment, one moment of God's favor, one moment of a touch of God can change everything. Amen? One day of God's favor can trump a thousand days of your labor. And then thirdly, At the end of the day, for you to receive anything from this message, for you to really receive anything from God, you got to realize that you have to believe more in God's ability to bless you than the devil's ability to harm you. Let me say that again. You have to believe more in God's ability to bless you than in the devil's ability to harm you. Just this past week, I was at Berwick High School and I had a chance to, to speak at their Insight Club. That's the little Christian club on campus. And, 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 and I, told, I talked to them about potential. I talked to them about walking into the favor of God. And, and I told them that very statement. I said, you've got to believe more in God's ability to bless you than, I changed it a little bit, than anybody's ability to harm you. See, guys, we serve a great God. We serve a good, good Father. Amen? And we need to realize that He wants to bless you. You know, there have been times in my life before I was serving God, I used to think sometimes that God was out to get me. Can anybody relate? Okay. Some of you, the way you used to live, you would almost think God had you on the hit list. But no, he ain't like that. He is not like that. God's out to get you, but he's out to bless you. He's out to put favor upon your life. He's out to get your attention so that he can help you and bless you and strengthen you. You got to believe more in God's ability to bless you than in anybody's ability to harm you. So let's look at the life of Joseph. If anybody walked in the favor of God, it was the patriarch Joseph. So if you have your Bibles today, turn with me to Genesis chapter 40. Now in Genesis chapter 40, Joseph is still in prison. Wait a second, I thought this was supposed to be a message on the favor of God. It is, okay? You know, the favor of God can reach you and touch you no matter where you're at. Okay, But even in the prison, God was still using Joseph. God was still using the gifts and the abilities he had given Joseph. He was interpreting dreams. He was doing some great things. And I read to you in Genesis chapter number 40, verse number 31. You see, Joseph had just correctly interpreted a dream for two, uh, two servants of the king. And, and one of them, he said, it ain't going to go well for you, bro. The king's going to kill you. Okay, and the king did. But for the other guy, he said, the king is going to restore you to your former position. But don't forget about me. Don't forget about me here in prison. I'm wrongly accused. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Don't forget about me, bro. Sure, absolutely. And then in verse number 23 of Genesis 40, we read, Yet the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. You ever had somebody, bless you, you ever had somebody say one thing and do another? 
You ever, you ever felt like people forgot about you? You ever felt that God forgot about you? I've been there. <laughs> there have been times in my life where Blaine, I was like, God, where are you? Okay. Do you remember the Senecas? You remember us? You remember her, your favorite? Chantel says she's God's favorite. You remember her? Okay. I'm married to her. Okay. Um, you ever feel forgotten? You ever feel like nobody cares? Man, Joseph had to feel that way. Because think about it. You know, we know how the story ends, so we get excited for Joseph. But Seth, Joseph could have thought the story would end where it was. Man, he was right there in the middle of a prison. He was falsely accused. He wasn't where he was supposed to be. He was like, what's going on, God? And then I, I'm working everything out, but then this, this dude who was supposed to look out for me forgot about me. Here's the good thing, guys. People may forget about you, but God never forgets about you. You know what? No sooner could a mother forget about her own child than God would forget about you. Amen? The Bible says that he has the hairs on your hair counted. For some of you, that's easier than others. Okay? I usually pick on my brother-in-law. Well, I could pick on either one of them because neither one got a whole lot of hair. Okay? But you, you, you have it, Jay. You just shave it. Chad, he don't have it no more. Okay? But, uh, but here's the deal. God loves you. He cares about you. He won't forget about you. So here's the deal. We have Joseph still in jail. Somebody who's supposed to look out for him forgets about him. And we pick up in Genesis chapter number 41. Here's what's going on now. The Pharaoh of Egypt had two dreams. Both of these dreams troubled him greatly, and none of his advisors could interpret them. This is where the chief butler remembers the promise he made Joseph. And he said, hey, Pharaoh, there's this guy in prison who, who remember, remember when you stuck me in prison? Okay, remember you stuck me and that other dude in prison, and, and then three days later you killed him, but you, 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 reest- you reestablished me? Well, there's there, this Hebrew boy who told me how all that was going to play out. So all of a sudden, Pharaoh says... Go get that fella. Let's read about it in Genesis 41, verse 14. Genesis 41, verses 14 through 16. It says this. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon. He shaved, changed his clothing, and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I've had a dream. There is no one who can interpret it, but I've heard it said of you that you can understand a dream and interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It's not me, but God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Favor. Favor. You see, guys, in one moment, God can turn everything around for you. You just got to keep believing him. You got to keep trusting him. Favor. Great reminder from the lips of Joseph that it's not us, but God who can do it. Amen? You see, again, it'd been real easy for Joseph to say, yep, absolutely, I'm the dream interpreter. Tell it to me, Pharaoh. No, he gave God the glory. He realized that all his abilities, all his talents, everything that he was doing was not because of him, it was because of God. That's a reminder for us all. Amen? Favor, though. A favor. We can't make things happen. We must trust God and his timing. You see, God's timing is where so many of us struggle. Isn't that true? Man, it's easy to trust God. It's easy to trust that God loves us. It's easy to trust that God cares for us. But sometimes his timing, just to be frank, it gets on my nerves. Can anybody relate? Okay? There are moments that I've sat in this sanctuary and say, God, what's going on here? 
By the way, don't look at me so self-righteously. You've been in that same boat. You've called your pastor and told me about situations, okay? So I know you, okay? But sometimes we struggle to trust his timing, don't we? Guys, here's the thing. We need to realize that his timing is always perfect. You know, we sung a song this morning, Good, Good Father. He's perfect in all his ways. Even when we don't understand them, even when they don't make any sense to us, they make sense to God. You see, we got to remember, delays are not denials. Let me say that again. Delays are not denials. When God says, wait, it's not a no. Isaiah chapter number 40, verse number 31, that great promise. Those that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. Those that wait upon the Lord. Now, that I've heard that uh, used as kind of like a waiter, somebody who's actively serving, continuing to wait, continue to serve. Keep doing what you're doing, trusting God to do what you can't. Amen? Guys, we need to learn to trust his timing. His promises are good. He, he came, God came through for Joseph. He can come through for you too. So Pharaoh tells Joseph his dreams, and God gives Joseph the interpretation. Let's continue with Genesis 41, verse 37. Jump down to verse number 37. So Joseph is given the dream. He interprets the dream, and let's read what happened after that. Verse number 37 of Genesis 41. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. That's favor. And the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to the servants, Can we find such a one as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Inasmuch as God has shown you all of this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house. All my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land land of Egypt. Wow. I mean, how do you how do you go from the prison to the palace? Only God. How in one moment can you go from despair, depression, you don't know what's coming next to being second in command of all of Egypt? Only God. Only God. And friends, I've got to tell you, somebody got to hear this today. If God can turn it around that quickly for Joseph, he can turn it around that quickly for you. Amen. God's timing is perfect. Let's keep on reading. Verse 42. Then Pharaoh <clears throat> took off his signet ring from his hand, put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him in garments of fine linen, put a gold chain around his neck. Then he had him ride in the second chariot he had, and he cried out before him, Bow the knee. So they set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. Without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphonah-Paneah. And he gave him a wife, Asherah, the daughter of Potpharah. Boy, you got to love these names. Priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Wow. Man, it's amazing how quickly God can turn things. See, only God can do such a thing. From a slave to the second in command of the most powerful nation in all the world at that time. What does that remind me of, guys? One day of favor trumps a thousand days of labor. One day of favor. Guys, you just got to keep doing what you know to do. You got to keep trusting God. You got to keep walking by faith because favor is coming your way. 
It came to Joseph. It's come to us. It's going to come to you again. You got to believe it. You got to trust him. I've learned that divine promotion always trumps self-promotion. Can I get a witness? Divine promotion always trumps self-promotion. Trust God. Trust the process. Trust his timing. Because in a moment, everything can turn around because of the favor of God. Amen? The favor of God. Jump down to verse number 50. You want more favor? It's, it, it's coming in Joseph's life. And it says, And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, when Asenath, the daughter of Potphenera, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all of my toil and all of my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has caused me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. You see, guys, God wants you to be fruitful even in the land of your affliction. Some of you, that may be your workplace. Some of you, that may be your family. How many have figured out that you can pick your friends, but you stuck with your family? Huh? Okay, don't look at your family right now. You might hurt their feelings. Okay? But guys, God wants you to be fruitful even in that place of, of, of difficulty. But you got to trust him. you got to believe in his favor. you got to believe more in God's ability to bless you than anybody's ability to harm you. Amen? Do you believe that? we got to start acting like it. Now, here's the amazing thing about what I just read. Sons mean a future. Sons mean a future. Favor is not just for you or for this generation, but it's for future generations as well. Amen? The decisions you make today affect you and future generations. Make decisions that will please God and increase his favor upon your life, your family's life, and future generations. All right, IQ question. Make sure you're all awake. Who wants the favor of God not only to rest upon you, but to spill over on your kids? How many want your kids blessed? Blaine? Preachers very seldom ask questions they don't already know the answer of. You want your kids blessed? Absolutely. How about your grandkids? I know they're a long time coming, but, 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 you know. You want that too, don't you? Okay. Hey, we want our kids blessed. Everybody in here wants their kids blessed. You want your grandkids blessed. Guys, make decisions today that will increase the favor of God upon your life. Because the favor of God is just not for your generation. It's just not for you. It's for your kids and it's for your grandkids. Amen? That's what the favor of God is all about. Joseph's life illustrates that. Of course, we all want blessings, but don't forget the favor of God can increase and decrease based upon how you live and how you give. So let's commit to do everything we can to see the favor of God increase exponentially in our lives. Amen. On to Genesis 42. On to Genesis 42. So Joseph is now implementing his plan. Basically, in a nutshell, God had showed Pharaoh through a dream and gave Joseph the interpretation that a famine was coming, that things were going to be great for seven years, and then there was going to be a great seven-year famine. So God had told Joseph to begin to save, to begin to, to store away grain and other things so that during those famine times, you would be okay. And that's what they're doing. But in Genesis 42, we pick up reading in verse number 6. Verse number six. Now, Joseph, this is actually the famine has begun. Things are getting tough. Verse number six says, Now Joseph was governor over the land, 
And it was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers, see, we had forgot about them, right? Joseph's brothers came and bowed down before him, their faces to the earth. Joseph saw his brothers and recognized them, but he acted as a stranger to them and spoke roughly to them. Guys, here's the deal. Joseph, according to verse number 8, recognized his brothers, but they didn't recognize him. What was the very first dream that Joseph had? He had a dream of his brothers bowing down to him, his family bowing down to him. Now, did he handle that very wisely? No, okay? He, he got all his brothers around. He said, hey, boys, guess what happened? I had a dream that I'm going to be over you. You're going to bow to me. You want to start practicing now? Okay, and that went about as well as you thought it would go, okay? They, they wanted to kill the kid, and, uh, but, you know, I, we got to where we are today. The dream just became reality. You see, guys, when God gives you a dream, when God gives you a promise, when God speaks to your heart, he's not just toying with your emotions. He's giving you a glimpse of your future. you got to trust him, though. The dreams that Joseph had many years ago were coming to pass right before his eyes. You see, God's dreams are glimpses into your future that God often gives us as a way of encouraging you to continue on in your faith walk. Sean, if you'll come on up here. I'll be honest with you, Chantel is more the dreamer than I, okay? You know, she's done some teaching on how God can speak to us through dreams. I'll be honest with you, the moment my head hits the pillow, I'm done, okay? You know, and and so I don't dream very, very much, but but God has given Chantel dreams, and I'd ask her to come and tell us about one specific dream that did this very thing that helped us to carry on. Sean, will you tell us about that? Sure, God speaks through dreams, by the way, in case anybody didn't know that. But um, we were in Arlington, Texas. Hunter was six weeks old, and, you know, he's 17 now. And we were praying because we had had this baby, and we were kind of wanting to get back home. We, you know, Franklin's our home. We kind of wanted to get closer because this is the first grandbaby on both sides. And so we were just praying and asking God, um, should we? We know we wanted to come back to Louisiana, but God, is it time for us to still youth pastor? Or should we look at pastoring? Because we were kind of getting pushed in that direction. Maybe you guys are ready to pastor. And we had, this was our second youth pastor pastorate that we were at. So we started praying. And I had a dream. It was in December. And in my dream, we were pastoring a church in South Louisiana. And we had two boys. And they were eight and ten. And I just remember, like, looking at Mo in my dream and saying, with my two boys, and saying, man, we're so happy. So fat, so, so I, I'm telling him about the dream, right? And the next day, and I said, so I don't, so he goes, well, sh- should we pastor or not pastor? I'm like, I don't know what that means. I just know that at one point, we're going to have two boys, and they're going to be eight and ten, and we're going to be pastor, and we're going to be happy. I just, I don't know what, what that means now. So, if, so what this means to, for you guys is now we look back, we left Arlington and came to Berwick to be the youth pastors, and then got pregnant for Hayden. Now, in my dream, they were two years apart, eight and ten, right? Hunter and Hayden are 17 months apart, so God was, I was thought he had missed it. But um, we, when we ended up pastoring in Desalmonds, um, when we left Desalmonds to go to the district office, my boys were eight and ten, because they have that six months where they're two years apart, where they were eight and ten, and uh, we were very happy, and we couldn't believe that God was setting us up. Looking back now, because I, okay, let me say this. I had a dream. I had two boys. So on the way home for Christmas that year from Texas to, 
here, the Lord gave me Hayden's name. And so before I ever got pregnant, I knew it was going to be a boy, and I knew his name was going to be Hayden. And so set that up for now. Like, we see where we're at now. We're pastoring, and now they're 15 and 17. But here's the deal. For us coming to Verwick to be your pastors, the, the setup happened way back when, when I had that dream. Because that set us up, and we were able to, to get some direction on that and come here. So when we came back to be your pastors, one of the things I think the reason that God has given us favor here is that we've already been here to plow some of the land. We've plowed some of the land. We have some of our youth that are now adults here in our church because we plowed the land. So listen, when God gives you a dream, even if it's not for now, you write those. I have a dream journal. You write those dreams down. I teach my kids that. Write your dreams down. And, uh, and God will give you the interpretation. And so you just pray into that. God speaks through dreams, guys. Don't, don't, don't put them in a box that he can't. Amen. Thank you, babe. Hey, even if they don't make a whole lot of sense, ever, you ever had a dream or, or God speak something to your heart and didn't make a whole, whole lot of sense? Trust it. Trust that in time it will make sense. But God speaks to people. God speaks to people through dreams. In addition, the favor of God can even um, can cause even those who wanted to get you to have to bow to you. Think about it. These are the same brothers that threw him in a pit, that wanted to kill him, that sold him into slavery, that wanted to have nothing to do with him. What are they having to do? They're having to bow to him. Only God can do that. You see, Joseph tried to make that happen early on, and it blew up in his face, huh? But if you trust God, you don't have to make it happen. Guys, anything of God, you don't have to make happen. If you got to keep trying to make something happen, it might not be God. It might be you, <laughs> okay? Sometimes, sometimes you just got to trust God. You got to trust him. You got to trust the process. Skip on down to Genesis 45. Genesis 45, okay? We're going to read more about the favor of God. It says, Then Joseph could not restrain himself before all those who stood before him, and he cried out. Basically what had happened is uh, Joseph's uh, brothers have come back for more food. He tests them in some ways. So now his, his, his brothers are in front of him, and he's got to reveal him, to them who he is says, Joseph could not restrain himself before those. He stood all before him. He cried out, make everybody get out from me. So no one stood before him while Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Egyptians and the whole house of Pharaoh heard it. Then Joseph said to his brothers, I am Joseph. Does my father still live? But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed in his presence. Remember, they thought this boy was gone, okay? They thought, we ain't never going to see this boy again. And Joseph said to his brothers, please come near to me. So they came near, and he said, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery. But now do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves, because you sold me here. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Hmm. For these two years, the famine has been in the land. There's still five more. There'll be no plowing or harvest. God sent me before you to preserve a posterity for you in the earth and to save your lives by great deliverance. So now it was not you who sent me here, but God. For he has made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. You see, guys, favor brings restoration. Favor brings restoration. Joseph is reunited with his estranged family. Let's continue reading in verse 14. Jump down to verse 14. 
And it says this, Then he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. Moreover, he kissed all his brothers and wept over them. After that, his brothers talked with him. Continue reading, verse 16. Now the report of it was heard in Pharaoh's house, saying, Joseph's brothers have come. So it pleased Pharaoh and his servants very well. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, say to your brothers, do this, load your animals and depart. Go to the land of Canaan. Bring your father and your household and come back to me. I will give you the best of the land of Egypt. You will eat the fat of the land. Now you are commanded, do this. Take carts out of the land of Egypt for your little ones and your wives. Bring your father and come. And also do not be concerned about your goods for the best of all the land of Egypt is yours. Favor brings restoration. God was putting Joseph's family all back together again. Does anybody here have any family relationships that need restoration? I think every one of us in here would say, hey, I could use some of that. Guess what? The favor of God can bring about everything you need. He can bring exactly what you need. Great preacher Denny Duran once said, God is always doing more behind the scenes of our lives than we could ever know. God is always doing more behind the scenes that we, than we could ever know. If we could see what God's doing in that grandson's life, Sister Valley. If we could only see what God's trying to accomplish in that brother's life of yours or that sister's life or that estranged family member, if we could only get a glimpse, Blaine, of all the reconciliation, of all the healing he wants to bring in your family, boy, we'd be excited. We would be blown away. But God is up to something. If God did it it for Joseph, God can do it for you. He's no respecter of persons. You know, it's real easy for us to say, well, those are just real special people. Guys, they weren't nothing special about them. There's just something special about their God. And there's something special about our God. Amen? The favor of God can and will bring restoration. The favor of God can bring restoration in your family just like it did in Joseph's family. We need to believe for his miracles for you and your family. Now jump down to Genesis 46. Not only does this favor bring restoration, but, but look at verse number 1 of 46. So Israel took his journey with all that he had and he came to Beersheba and offered sacrifices to the God of his father Isaac. Then God spoke to Israel in the visions of the night and said, Jacob, Jacob, he said, here am I. So he said, I am God, the God of your fathers. Do not fear to go down to Egypt, for I will make of you a great nation there. I will go down with you to Egypt. I will surely bring you up again, and Joseph will put his hand on your eyes. You see, what Israel thought was dead, God was restoring. God resurrected all the dreams that Israel had for his favorite son, Joseph. And God can do the same for you today. What's that dream that you've kind of given up on? Maybe for some of you, it's a ministry opportunity you've given up on. You've thought, can God really use me? Maybe it's that promise. Anybody in here got a promise from God? Don't give up on that promise. Doesn't matter how bleak things may look. Doesn't matter what it may look like. If God gave you that promise, you can bank on it, friend. You can trust it. You can believe it. God came through for Joseph. He wants to come through for you and me as well. 
Amen? He's able to restore. He's able to give back what we've lost. Amen? Joel chapter number 2, if you have your Bibles, turn there quickly. Talking about restoration, talking about God's ability to give back to us. Joel chapter number 2, I want to start reading in verse number 25. God has given this promise to Israel, but whenever there's a promise to Israel in the Bible, you and I as God's children can claim that as our own. Genesis chapter number 2, verse 25. So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten, eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, the chewing locust. My great army which I sent among you, you shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God who has dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never Never be put to shame. Then you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel. I am the Lord your God. There is no other. My people shall never be put to shame. Verse 28. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons, your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. Friends, these are those days. Amen? These are the days that Joel the prophet was talking about. God is in the restoration business. He did it for Israel. He did it for Joseph. He's promised it in Joel chapter number 2, and he'll do it for you, do it for your family, and do it again for this great church. Amen? Can we give the Lord a hand? He's in the restoration business. He wants to do it on your behalf, but you've got to let him. You've got to let him. Let's wrap things up. Look again, Genesis 46. Genesis 46, verse 28 through 30. 30. Verse 28 through 30. It says this. Then he sent Judah before him to go to Joseph to point out before the way to Goshen. And they came to the land of Goshen. So Joseph made ready his chariot, went up to Goshen to meet his father Israel. He presented himself to him and fell on his neck and wept a good while. And Israel said to Joseph, now let me die since I've seen your face because you are still alive. More restoration because of favor. God does nothing halfway. He finished what he starts. Amen? He finishes what he starts. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, he who began a good work, say good work, good work in you plans to complete it. God doesn't do anything halfway. You got to trust him. You got to trust the process. Continue with Genesis 47. Look at verse 5 and 6. Then Pharaoh spoke to Joseph saying, your father and your brothers have come to you. The land of Egypt is before you. Have your father and brothers dwell in the best of the land. Let them dwell in the land of Goshen. See, not only did God provide for them, but he provided the best. Guys, we don't serve a chintzy God. We don't serve a cheap God. We serve a God who takes care of his people. The favor of God brings provision, okay? Joseph's family were given the best land of Egypt. One of the names that the Bible gives of God is Jehovah Jireh, which means what? Our provider. He provides for his people. The favor of God is not just for you, but it should allow you to bless others. Let me say that again. The favor of God is not just for you. It should allow you to bless others. The favor on Joseph's life provided and blessed his entire extended family during the famine. Good preacher I once known said this, we are blessed in order to be a blessing. 
We are blessed in order to be a blessing. Let's wrap things up in Genesis chapter number 50. Genesis chapter number 50. This is where Israel dies and we have a test of Joseph's character. Basically, after his father's death, his brothers were a little worried. <laughs> they were like, is now the time Joseph going to come back and get his, uh, get his revenge? Well, let's read in verse number 15. When Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead, they said, perhaps Joseph will hate us, may actually repay us all the evil we did to him. So they sent messengers to Joseph saying, before your father died, he commanded saying, thus you shall say to Joseph, I beg you, please forgive your brothers their sin, for they did evil to you. Now please forgive the trespass of your servants of the God of your father. And Joseph wept when they spoke to him. Then his brothers also went and fell down before his face and said, Behold, we are your servants. Joseph said to them, look at this powerful scripture. Do not be afraid, for I am I in the place of God. But as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. In order to bring about as it is this day to save many people. Now, therefore, do not be afraid. I will provide for you and your little ones and be comforting them and spoke kindly to them. Wow, what a man of God. What a picture of what forgiveness can do. What you meant for evil, God used for good. Paul said it in Romans chapter number 8, that, 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 that God works all things out for what? The good. To those that love him, that are called according to his purpose. You see, the favor of God rests on men and women of God like you and me in order for us to bless others. 